Welcome to the Way of Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan, your home for daily news covering the most interesting happenings in the crypto space every 24 hours with a new show every single weekday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We're growing and we want to continue growing and giving you the latest news insights in the crypto sphere. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and do that as a general supporter at just three bucks a month. And if you want to take it up a notch, you can contribute to the show with $10 a month as well as show content and ask any question you want, which will be discussed on Friday's show. If you want to big take that step and take your keys into your own coins, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device securely on the Ledger website and it won't be tampered with, as well as helping support the show with no extra cost to you. Let's dig into the news. Thanks for listening to the Way of Crypto podcast. We've got a massive news day today. Most of that news is revolving around altcoins, and I'm not talking about top 10 altcoins either. These are way down on coin market cap as far as their market cap goes. Uh, we're going to talk about Rune. We're going to talk about ApeCoin. We're going to talk about why DeFi is taking off and how we've seen it perform in this bear market slash also collapse of CeFi. DeFi is remaining str strong and uh, maybe one of the big ones to look out for in this bull market. Not financial advice, of course, uh, but there's a couple tokens, at least one here we're going to talk about today that I have my eye, I have my eye on for the next bull market. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Celsius uh, laying out some kind of plan involving mining for its bankruptcy. And we're going to talk about OpenSea and Solana. Let's dig into the news right away here. Fear and Greed Index currently sitting at a 30. So, wow, this is actually pretty big. This is a historic day for crypto. We are into fear, no longer in extreme fear. We were on the longest streak ever for Bitcoin uh, sentiment to remain in Extreme fear, we pushed up to 30. We we're broken out of extreme fear. We're now in fear. Price action, Bitcoin is currently holding on to that 22,000 mark, and they have all day yesterday. A uh, little coffee break here for one minute. All day yesterday, they have remained in between 21,500 and 22,500 within that range. So there is... Uh, some hope now, I think, for Bitcoin holders, and uh, the sentiment is being shown through the greed and fear index. We're moving on up. It's, it's good news. I don't know if we'll go back. I'm sure we will. I don't think the bear market is over. I don't think this run is over either. I think we're probably going to push up into that 30, uh, 30,000 mark over the next few weeks or so and we'll see what happens as far as sentiment and bull market back on but i do think we're going to sit in that bear market for a little bit but that's okay because it's time to build in some tokens that we're going to talk about today uh, actual market stuff this is all from coin market cap bitcoin right now sitting at twenty two thousand one hundred and thirteen dollars up actually on the 24 hour as well uh very slightly point uh nine percent in the 24 hour but up on the seven day eleven percent Ethereum, this is the big one, up 5% again in the 24, above 1,500, 1,554, up 45% on the 7-day. B&B is at 261 right now, 
fairly flat on the 24, up 16% on the 7-day. XRP's at 36 cents, flat on the 24, up 15, pretty well 16% actually on the 7-day. Cardano is almost at 50 cents, up 2% on the 24, up 14% on the 7-day. Solana has broken through uh, that $40 mark that it was hung up on so much, currently sitting at 46 bucks, working its way up to 50, up 10% on the 24 and 35% on the seven day. Dogecoin, we're at six cents, up 2% on the 24, 9% on the seven day. Polkadot, we're at 7.83%, up 5% on the 24, up 20% on the seven day. Matic, uh, massive moves on the seven day here. Uh, at 92 cents, we're creeping in on a dollar on Matic, up 3% on the 24 and up 62.39% on the seven day. AVAX up 2% on the 24 and 35% on the 70, currently sitting at $24. Shiba 2, Shiba's up 5% on the 24 and 14% on the 7 day. Uh, what else we got here? Tron is fairly flat. Uh, Uniswap up 33% on the 7 day and 5% on the 24, currently sitting at $750. Yeah, that's going to take us through. Let's have a look at uh, where do we see ApeCoin here? There we go. So it's down 2.56% on the 24 and up 35% on the 7-day ApeCoin. ApeCoin is, some people have sold, I think, uh, well, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Uh, but I think a lot of people are waiting to pull their money out. There's a lot of people that bought ApeCoin at a price much, much higher than this. And uh, in, in recent, recently as well, uh, these purchases were very recent. Within the last six months, ApeCoin kind of went uh, a little ape there for a little bit and then uh, crashed real hard. So I think people are seeing some positive price action and pulling some money out to go risk off. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing real unusual there. And uh, where is Rune? There it is, ThorChain. So ThorChain's up 11.83% on the 24 and up 4% on the 7-day. Uh, ThorChain's one I'm going to be watching. I haven't put any money into it yet, uh, but I do plan to as far as their DeFi protocol goes. It's really interesting and I like it. Uh, it's cross-chain, which I think is important. And I'm going to be watching Rune over this bear market and look for a good entry, uh, probably as well as Ape. But ApeCoin, I'm going to take a very small position in, uh, as well as some other gaming tokens, I think. Uh, but I'm going to look at some gaming stuff, I think, for this next bull market as I think it can now run. So for the next bull market, I'm looking at DeFi and gaming. And we're going to take a look at two of those today, being Rune and ApeCoin. Uh, yeah, let's actually start with that story. Why not? ApeCoin price eyes 45% rally following other side metaverse demo. So I watched the demo. Uh, it's not wasn't overly impressive to be honest. Uh, so I'm just currently kind of watching ApeCoin and what uh, Board Ape Yacht, Board Ape Yacht Club has planned for their token. It's not a for sure sale for me yet, but it's one I'm keeping an eye on. Ape has pursued a rare ascending triangle reversal breakout with its profit tar profit target at eight dollars and forty cents. Uh, I do actually, uh, you know what? I forgot about it. I actually have a small amount of ApeCoin, an extremely small amount of ApeCoin. Um, so I shouldn't say I don't have any. I do. Uh, however, it is, it's not even a one percentage uh, 
one percentage point on my actual portfolio. It's la- it's like 0.00 something percent. It's very small. Ape rallied to start the week as traders considered Yugo's Labs' decision to open its other side metaverse for selected users. In doing so, the token broke out of the technical pattern that hints for another 45% rally by September 2022. Remember, TA is hard uh, during a bear market. I really don't rely on it at all. I, re- I rely on like macro macro events during a bear market, not technical analysis. Uh but of course, that does depend on the projects in the crypto space. I think that's pretty, uh, pretty conclusive among all uh, altcoins, as well as Bitcoin to a degree. However, uh, that being said, there are some outliers uh, that do have some things going on in their own macro environment that will drive price up, and uh, TA can be a good indicator for those. But I'm not a fan of relying on TA during times like this. I think macro is much more important. AI's price surged by almost 23.5% week to date, reaching $6.12 a token on July 19th. That's late last night. The weekly games came as part of a rally that started on July 16th. Interestingly, Yuga Labs invited 4,300 players of its other side gaming metaverse for a demo. This tour of its board ape, Avatar board this tour of its board ape online platform on the day of Apes Rally. This and the tour of its board ape avatar online platform. So, um, yeah, so news on uh, board ape yacht club's game ape token is their gaming token. <laughs> that uh, sentence seems like a little bit of a mouthful though, and uh, they're rallying because the other side there's been uh, if you go on YouTube, you can look check out uh, other side video footage. Uh, it's their metaverse play, and I don't know. you can make your decision from there if you think that's what the metaverse is going to be. I, I don't really think this is uh, necessarily the metaverse, however, it could be uh, some kind of MMO that people get into and it could bring some value into ApeCoin and uh, their NFTs as well, and their platform. As a rule of technical analysis, a breakout originating from an ascending triangle pushes the price north by as much as maximum height between the triangle's upper and lower trend line. I think we're going to skip this. Conversely, a close below the triangle's upper trend line could prevail. Yeah, so it's just telling you why they think that uh, their rally their uh, ApeCoin is has a potential to rally that 45% by September. And uh, yeah, I think it does, but I don't think it relies on the TA. I think if you look at the macro environment, however, uh, if Bitcoin goes down, so right now we're in a pump, so it's easy for some of these lesser known and smaller cap tokens to have some price action in the upwards direction because uh, Bitcoin is having some price in the upwards direction. However, if Bitcoin's price does fall or take a dip, all these coins will suffer and all this technical analysis will go out the window. So um, just know that they're going to follow. They're all going to follow Bitcoin for now. Uh, not not forever, but at this moment in time for now. Let's take another look at uh, an altcoin here, Rune. So this is one I like. It's a, a multi-chain DeFi protocol. We'll see if the article goes into that. If not, I will go into their uh their tokenomics in another episode. Rune pumps 18% as Thorchain deactivates non-native tokens. The BEP2 and ERC20 base variants are being swapped out for the upgraded native Rune token. 
Fantastic. They're going native. And ThorChain's long-awaited mainnet last month. Cross-chain exchange, a proof-of-bond network. ThorChain has finally activated the kill switch that will progressively wind down support of the BEP2 and ERC20 variants of the Rune token. BNB Rune and Ethrune, also known as IOU tokens, are being swapped out and upgraded and completely native and the completely native Rune token after ThorChain's long-awaited mainnet last month. Moving forward, these tokens will progressively lose their value over the next 12 months as their project aims to foster the adoption of its fully unfiled variant of Rune, enabling stronger asset interoperability. This is uh, real good news for Rune holders and people looking at Rune like myself, I think. Uh, and I'll say again, I, I don't have any uh, anything invested in Rune at, at, at all yet. However, it's one I'm watching and do plan on it uh, at the right time. Not now. We're in a little bit of a pump right now. But during the next dip here on uh, Rune, I may snatch some up over the next two to three months or so. Users will hold their IOU tokens on centralized exchanges. Users who hold their IOU tokens on centralized exchanges will have their tokens automatically upgraded to the new native Rune. Those who keep their tokens in a private wallet must create a new wallet supported by ThorChain and then click an upgrade button to make the switch. The ThorChain team stated via Twitter on Monday that Kill Switch will go live on block 6,500,000 and that a one-for-one exchange rates will literally trickle down to one to zero over the next 12 months as the IOU tokens become worthless. So this is a tweet from ThorChain. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can just go or search for at ThorChain. Today, the BEP2 and ERC Rune Kill Switch will be activated at block 6,500,000. Upgrades will no longer be one-to-one. Exchange rates will literally trickle down to one-to-zero over the next 12 months, just like uh, I previously read here. ThorChain is ex- extremely strict in having no third-party dependencies, preferring to manage everything in-house. There are no oracles, no offshore security, and no reliance on external liquidity. However, BNB Rune and Ethrune has privileged access to the state machine mint function. Anyone presenting these tokens can mint fresh Rune as well as making ThorChain state dependent on these two networks, the blog post read. The move from ThorChain has coincided with a significant 18.6% bounce of Rune's price to 2.61% over the past 24 hours, measuring over a broader time frame and shows promising signs with Rune gaining 65% over the past 30 days, according to data from CoinGecko. However, Rune is still down 87.5% since its all-time high of $20.87. That was May 19th uh, last, last year, obviously. Apart from enabling users to swap assets by liquidity pools across various networks, so this is important. Um, it does go into a tad about what Rune does. We'll go over that more in depth, uh, maybe in a, in a future episode. We'll see here. Apart from enabling users to swap assets by liquidity pools across various networks, such as Binance Smart Chain, Ethereum, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, ThorChain Thor also supports the trading of synthetic assets, which are tokenized derivatives that mimic the value of other assets, such as stocks and commodities. Under the recent launch, Mainnet, their project aims to provide enhanced security measures and network stability, greater decentralization, and new and a new governance process, establishing new chain integrations, wall integrations, aggregator implementations, and roll out single-sided yield futures. 
All right. So this brings us perfectly into the next article. This is from Crypto Potato. And ETH and DeFi 1.1 lead the market as Ethereum 2.0 merge narrative intensifies. So uh, Ethereum's up substantially over the past five days and even the past 24 hours, even after that pump yesterday, it is still going. It's up another 5% today. And uh, like we've talked about on this channel uh, or on this podcast several times, DeFi is just performing uh incredibly well if you know what you're doing in DeFi, can avoid hacks and scams which uh, most of them are phishing attacks still to this day and people are still following them including very technical people are falling falling for these phishing scams still to this day um however i believe in karma so i'm not going to say anything negative about those people because if they can fall for it i'm sure they are very uh smart in their attacks and uh, they're very targeted on individuals and i'm sure i would be susceptible to as to it as well um because i believe in karma so never say anything bad about anyone else because it comes back on you uh however all the problems in DeFi, including uh, getting hacked or scammed, have been human-related, and DeFi is working just as it should. Uh, CeFi, on the other hand, we've watched what's happened there over the past 60 days or so. Let's dig into the article here. ETH and DeFi 1.0 are going strong as Ethereum 2.0 merge keeps growing with full steam ahead. The past week has seen the cryptocurrency market add some $150 billion in its total capitalization and reclaim the coveted $1 trillion mark. That was yesterday. Uh, ETH and DeFi 1.0 outperform. Ethereum is up over 50% in the past seven days. Cryptocurrency touched 1,000. The cryptocurrency touched 1,000 bucks on July 13th, and it's been up since then. Right now, obviously above uh, 1,500, so it's up substantially. In today's trading session, ETH even topped $1,600, a total of a 60% increase in a week, but failed to sustain it and rechase it to its current level of 1500 which is right now it's in about 1550 I think 1555 To further highlight astonishments recently, it worked looking at the total liquidated positions in the past 24 hours. They amount to about $600 million, and more than $365 million of that comes from ETH positions getting liquidated because of a short squeeze that is ethereum 2.0 merge narrative intensifies as seen in the above charts most of the mentioned cryptocurrencies stated surging that after tom belko a member of the ethereum foundation projected that the ethereum 2.0 merge might take place as soon as september 19th of this year and don't forget, so when he mentioned the timeline, a lot of people seem to be glossing over this. Uh, the timeline is not 100% set in stone. They're calling it a hard timeline, uh, but at the end of that, he said, subject to change. So we'll see what happens. The, the uh, Speaking on the matter, Belko said, the merge timeline, oh, here we go, perfect. The merge timeline isn't final, but it's extremely exciting to see it coming together. Please regard this as a planned timeline and a look out for a future announcement. So he kind of uh, laid it out more like a guide than a timeline. However, they're going to be try. They're going to try and be very strict on on this date is kind of the uh, interpretation I got from his full statement on it. Uh, it appears that this is the driving narrative behind the current increases, and it's interesting to see how the merge will impact the East price. So far, it's impacted it in a positive way, driving that price action upwards. Given that it's stated to introduce a drastic change in the cryptocurrency supply dynamics, shifting it from proof-of-work proof of emission model to the proof-of-stake one. Yeah, so that's going to be... Uh, that is going to be a massive change for crypto. Ethereum moving off proof of work changes 
so many things uh, from mining, the mining community, GPU prices, probably NVIDIA stock price to a lot of unforeseen things. I think we're just going to have to keep an eye on it and watch. And uh, I'll be going along for the ride on that one because it's going to be very hard to predict if anything at all happens after Ethereum switches to proof of stake, what kind of impact that has, if any at all. The launch of OpenSea's plan for a multi-chain future to enable access to NFTs across different blockchains. So NFT uh, giant OpenSea has unveiled its Solana launchpad. Big news for Solana holders. Solana has been stuck below that $40 USD price tag for quite a bit per token, destroying that. And uh, right now we're looking at 50 bucks for Solana holders which goes right along with OpenSea's unveiling at Solana Launchpad. It's, it's good news all around. The more, um, the more blockchains that are being used for on uh, the biggest platform for NFTs on the interwebs, as of now, OpenSea, of course, has its problems. OpenSea has a lot of haters. A lot of people don't like it. However, it is the biggest name in the business at the moment. Uh, there's lots of competitors up and coming, GameStop being the most recent, and they are quite successful as well. However, OpenSea is the main player on the interwebs right now. OpenSea announced kicking off the Solana launchpad to allow creators to host a new mint from the beginning of to the end of the NFT marketplace. According to the official blog post, OpenSea will guide creators to navigate all pre-mint activities and allow minting for the community and supporters, in addition to post-mint and secondary sales. The goal is to develop the best Solana experience in the NFT ecosystem by allowing, by allowing users to have custody of their NFTs. So this is a quote by them. We're excited to start this program with two Solana creators as part of our Launchpad experience. We are excited to launch and learn with these first drops, and we're committed to expanding primary drops on OpenSea. The development comes three months after OpenSea activated support for Solana. The NFT giant has been one of the top beneficiaries of the bull run that inspired, transpired in 2020 and 2021. That's for sure. Um, and then it's just digging into some statistics about OpenSea here, uh, which we won't go into today. However, this is great news for Solana holders and uh, real good news for OpenSea customers and the NFT experience in 2022 as well. Last story of the day, this is Celsius. They've had their very first bankruptcy hearing, and as you can imagine, some news has come out of it. The first day hearing revealed Celsius is betting big, and it's also indebted mining operation to help fill the $1.2 billion hole in the company's balance sheet. So like you've gone over in a previous podcast, they're missing over a billion dollars. It uh, just has a completely... Uh, been vaporized and they have a plan to fill that hole it looks like we'll dig into this together through their miners who are also indebted but maybe there's liquidity there well let's get into the article crypto lender celsius has half a million creditors has half a million creditors owed more than five billion attorneys for the company said during its first bankruptcy hearing monday it was more than $5 billion at the moment. Um, uh, that includes customers as well. News of Celsius's liquidity crisis broke on June 12th, and the company announced it was pausing all customer withdrawals. We remember that day. It's the day that will forever be in infamy, isn't it? Struggling crypto lender BlockFi received a $250 billion bailout from exchange FTX. It's just going through the the uh, recent history here, breaking down Celsius's bad debt. So documents filed to the Southern District by company's law firm Kirkland & Ellis show that Celsius is deeply insolvent. Yes, I would say $5 billion um, 
when you have no liquidity is deeply insolvent. Leading up to declaring bankruptcy, Celsius saw its digital asset holdings dwindle to a mere $1.7 billion as of July 14th, down $14.6 billion since the end of March. These documents also show that Celsius owes $4.7 billion to its customers, almost three times what it holds in digital assets. However, it does appear to hold some miners too, so have a look at those. Celsius also holds $170 million in the cash held in a bank, but the rest of the assets are tied up in mining equipment, which is $720 million, so close to a billion dollars. Outstanding loans, which is another $620 million, and other assets, which equal $450 million. Uh, so I'm going to put this on pause, do some math here, and then be right back. So it appears that Celsius actually has about $3 billion of assets still to this time, as long as it can collect on that $620 million of outstanding loans it has. And those loans don't include companies that have gone insolvent and they'll be receiving pennies in the dollar for their outstanding loan. So about $3 billion, they owe about five, so there is still, and that is not enough to pay off everyone that is owed money from Celsius. The first firm claims the most of the drop was due to the collapse in crypto prices, shrinking its assets by 12.3 billion. The rest of the losses added up as users withdrawal, users withdrew 1.9 billion from deposits up until June 12th, the date when the company suspended withdrawal. So there was a lot of action on Twitter and various social media sites telling people to get all their money off Celsius, uh, which caused a bank run to an extent that I didn't see coming, $1.9 billion of deposits. So I actually had to fill $2 billion of withdrawals during that time. During That was probably mid-May, uh, right after the collapse of Terra Luna, up until June 12th, they had to pay $2 billion in withdrawals. However, uh, those withdrawals were other people's money and they should be able to withdraw at any time they like for whatever reason they like. Loan redemptions and liquidations reduced the firm's assets by another $1.9 billion, tethered the issue of the largest stablecoin USDT in the market, also an investor in Celsius. I understood this to be a small amount, but set the firm back by an additional $900 million when it liquidated a loan to Celsius Tether issued a statement about the liquidation, and the firm also lost $100 million from the investment. So I understood uh, Tether was invested, but a, a very small amount. So let's get into the part that's interesting. A mining Hail Mary. Monday's hearing, as well as a host of court documents, including a 61-page declaration from CEO Alex Mashinsky, indicated that much of Celsius' plan to recoup its losses depends heavily on the projected future profits of its half-finished wholly owned mining subsidiary Celsius Mining. However, the mining subsidiary is also a debtor. Lawyers from Celsius asked the court on Monday to approve over $5 million in spending to finish the construction of the mine center in Texas, which Celsius attorney said would be would take approximately two more months, as well as pay duties on mining rigs currently sitting with the customer's authorities. Through though Judge Martin Glenn, Chief Judge of the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in Southern District of New York, approved the request on an interim basis. The U.S. Trustee, the arm of the department, and the justice that oversees administration of bankruptcy cases will ultimately hold the purse strings. At Monday's hearing, Shara Cornell, an attorney with the U.S. Trustee Program, voiced her concerns about the viability of Celsius's mining operation. Uh, next part, retail customers will suffer. Even if Celsius promises to mine 10100 this year are accurate, something that is difficult to independently verify. 
yeah, so they're just that's just a guess, really. At current market prices, that would yield approximately 225 million, only a fraction of what is needed to make Celsius solvent. When Celsius begins to make good on its 5.5 billion in liabilities, 4.7 billion of which represents customer holdings. So of that 5.5 billion, 4.7 billion are customer holdings. It's a crazy number. More than I would have ever thought. Having money on Celsius, more I would have never thought there was five billion, almost five billion there, uh, also from other customers. And customers will almost certainly be last to get their money back. And by then, there may be not any money left. Uh, these are just guesses. The next step for Celsius: the second hearing in Celsius's bankruptcy proceedings will be held remotely on the morning of August 10th. Set your calendars if you're interested. Uh, the U.S. trustee is currently in the process of forming an appointment appointee and appointing a committee of creditors. These committees are typically made up of the seven largest unsecured creditors of the debtor and help oversee the bankruptcy proceedings, investigate the debtor, debtor's conduct and business operations, and help the court formulate a reorganization plan from the company's debt. All right, so this is just all unfolding before our eyes on uh, the exact chain of events that led to Celsius's insolvency and uh, it wasn't completely Carolina. There was uh, essentially a bank run on their crypto uh, um, totaling almost $2 billion. That would have been over probably a four to six week period. It's very significant. There's a lot of factors that involved, a lot of factors involved in Celsius uh, coming down. And it is interesting to watch and take lessons from where you can take them uh, out of this <laughs> and uh, think about it before you put your money on a C5 platform to collect a four, five, six, seven percent yield and whether it is inherently worth that risk that you're taking. Because uh, <clears throat> I think this is very eye-opening and it has been extremely eye-opening for people uh, involved in the crypto space that thought implementing um the thought implementing traditional financial systems in alongside crypto was a good thing. And uh, I don't know if it is. We'll have to, time will tell. Uh, I'm just one opinion and time will tell on how this all plays out in the end. However, uh, it will not play out in an incredibly positive way for Celsius customers. Even if you get your money back, it's still going to be, uh, you're still without it for a long period of time. And uh, yeah, not, there's no positive outlook for Celsius customers other than implementing the lessons learned from this for the future and learning from our mistakes. That's about all we can do here. And uh, that is going to wrap up today's show. Thank you for listening. We went pretty long today, actually. Uh, so right now we're looking at 9.13 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Usually I wrap the show up by about 8.45. However, we started a little, a little later and then went long. Um, so have a great day today. I will see you guys tomorrow. If you want to reach out to me, just go to thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email form. You can contact me there or you can check the show notes <clears throat> in the description uh, for my social media accounts as well. If you want to support the show, there's a link for Patreon there. And you can buy a ledger through the device description. It brings you to the, uh, I should say, you can buy a ledger hardware wallet just to clarify that through the show description. And uh, all those proceeds will go to support the show. It doesn't cost you anything. Just uh, 10% of that sale goes to the Way of Crypto podcast if you use our affiliate links. Have a great day. I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>